first Home Alone movie reminded us that ultimately some people should not be parents because the fact that you have a little kid so excited to go on a holiday vacation with his parents, his brothers, his sisters, and they leave him home alone simply because he's kind of a spoiled brat, but he's a damn kid. So the parents are like, hey, let's go travel. And then he has to survive against the wet bandits. And some people clamor that. They love that so much that now he's not home alone. He is alone in New York, one of the most dangerous places in the world because the parents, once again, this time, they forgot him in an airport. So bad, yet they still have child custody. I'm not sure what the logistics behind all of that is, but we are going to be talking about that right here, right now, on A Cast of the Past with a brand new episode each and every Sunday. This time, we're going to talk about the situation that, that needs to be addressed which is just childhood trauma with yours truly, Juan Velas from San Juan, Puerto Rico. Joining me from Boston, Massachusetts, we have Ryan McNulty. Ryan, how many times, uh, give me an estimate, how many times you've watched Home Alone 2 Lost in New York? Not as many as you might think. Probably more than five, but less than ten. And it had been quite a while since I'd seen it, so I'm glad I did the rewatch. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this conversation then, because now... From uh, London, Ontario, we have Keith Hamilton. Same thing, man. How many times would you say you've watched it? I honestly have no idea because once you start to factor in the fact that Home Alone 2 is on TV every year, I've probably seen it like 15, 20 times, but most of them have just been the movie on in the background as I'm doing other things. Yeah, so this is a movie that <laughs> it's like it's at some point in your background there's a YouTube clip. Macaulay Culkin is super relevant now. So whenever the holiday season comes in, I feel like our blood, it's like it forces us to at some point watch one of the Home Alone movies, which because we did review the monsters. first one. That, that is part of it. And you had some, uh, you had some uh, theories about the first one that's available now in the archives. So when you, look, when you look at the first one, it's literally Home Alone. He is left home alone and he has to survive. But here they took it one step further. It's like, let's have him take a plane, have all of that happen. Out of the two, which setting do you like? Like, let's not talk about the actual movies, but just overall home versus here's all of New York. If we're excluding everything else about the movie, I would say that I prefer this setting more because they can lean into the serial killerness of Macaulay Culkin even more. Here we through, go again. Uh, <laughs> through the uh, the construction site and the big uh, the big scene that way. And I mean, New York's a cool setting. It's a uh, it's a really cool place to be around Christmas time. So why not take advantage of that? Where where's the McAllister family from again? Like I think it's Chicago. Yeah, yeah right? Chicago. And every time I watch these movies, I just keep thinking to myself, how much money do they have? Because spoilers. I mean, if somebody hasn't watched this movie, but so they're going to go on a family vacation to Florida, which I'm just going to say, who hated Florida when working on this film? Because they paint New York as this like five-star location and incredible, but then they cut to Florida. It's nighttime, crappy-ass hotel. It's pouring rain. The hotel is cruddy. Like, what do you, what do you guys think about Florida? I like Florida. Disney's in Florida. 
It's a great place to be. It's the happiest place on earth. So it's not good because it's Florida. It's good because Disney's in Florida is what you're saying. Yeah, it's hot and it's humid and it's miserable. Like your garbage weather where you live. It's just <laughs> gross. Oh, snap. Oh, you want to you talk about Puerto Rico? No, no, man. We're not, we're not going to do that now. But what about you, Ryan? I, I mean, I don't mind Florida at all. I think it comes down to just the way that they wanted to characterize the situations where Kevin is able to have this great grand old time and do all the sightseeing in New York. And then Florida, it's just crappy weather. It's like, oh, the beautiful ca- vacation that it was supposed to be doesn't turn out to be so because of the inclement weather. But when you talk about you know, how rich is the McAllister family? I do think they must be pretty rich because, I mean, look, they flew first class over there. You could see that they were clearly in the first class seats when they were flying to Florida. The thing is, the hotel, they might have just ended up going to a random motel because of, you know, the situation with Kevin, or it was because, hey, back then, it wasn't really, you know, the internet wasn't really a thing at that time, so it's not like you could look that at... Travelocity you, didn't, yeah, didn't they, exist. Yeah, they could be a little, they could kind of lie to you about maybe how nice the place you're going to stay at is. You maybe not, you might not know how good it is until you actually get there. Technology definitely does have its uh, benefits, but... Obviously, let's be real. This is not about the plot. It's more about the experience, having fun, listening to the incredible soundtrack from John Williams, which, I mean, Keith, I know you're a Star Wars freak, right? So it's like you see that, and then you have this as well. Yeah. And uh, so what did you think about the fact that it's like a silly premise, but hey, we did it again. They literally start the movie like that. Uh, When my wife and I rewatched it now, we cut the first 15 minutes because like, it's never fun. It's the most irrelevant part of the movie, which is setting up. It's just like, have the kid be lost in New York already, right? That's <laughs> what we really want to not, see. Not Lose even in this part. It's just so everything about this movie is so over the top. Even that first 15 minutes, that doesn't mean anything. They basically kill an old lady in the beginning of that with like, they make her <laughs> get smoked with like a stage setting and fall off a piano. So everything about this movie from the very beginning is just how over the top and crazy can we make it? Compared to the first one, which was pretty over the top and crazy, just how much can we turn it up? See, I actually really like the setup. And again, I think they do a good job of, um, you know, the way Kevin basically gets mad at his family. They always do it in a way where you sympathize with him, right? Because his brother's messing with him during the little like chorus, uh, during his little solo And then when he kind of turns around and he overreacts and pushes him over and then all hell breaks loose, you still sympathize with Kevin because it's like he didn't start it. it. He wasn't trying to do anything wrong, but his action caused all of all the other trouble afterwards. And then he gets the bulk of the punishment. So you do, you know, right away you are sympathizing with Kevin again. Um, you feel like he's misunderstood and you want to, you want to see that be corrected. Yeah, and then when you get to the airport, I think that anybody that watches this movie now that was born in like the early 2000s, they would look at those scenes like, there's no way that would happen. But I remember traveling before 9-11. Realistically, airports were not that tight when it comes to like searching and all that stuff. So really, it was possible, like improbable, right? 
But it could have happened. The scenario where like the tickets fall down and then the kid goes on the wrong flight and then the parents are on this one, but maybe they're not getting out, out of their chairs. As silly as it does seem. Yeah, that's a probable. That's probable. That's a thing that could totally happen and like not a have a giant chance. lawsuit on somebody's hands. Can you yeah, imagine like no the social media happen. outrage now? Yeah, you would never get on a plane without a boarding pass these days. And with the whole TSA and everything, none of that could possibly happen today. It would be, and if it is, it would be a very, very big long shot. So starting with you, Ryan, overall, what did you think about the movie, especially when comparing it to the first one that we definitely did enjoy? I mean, it, it left that first impression that so many movies have tried to copy the, the Home Alone formula because it's like the perfect popcorn holiday film. But what do you think about the second one? So, I I think it's a fun movie to watch. It definitely borrows everything from the first movie. I think the first movie is definitely better overall. What I like about this movie, very much like you said, is the setting is definitely its biggest strength. You can hit all of the the cool spots of New York. They 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 show off plenty of famous locations and I think they do a lot of fun stuff with the setting and that's really the ultimate strength of the movie because I feel like if the internet was around or was was what it is today when if you know when this movie came out it would probably get a ton of crap from a lot of people because you look at the movie like The Hangover 2 where it is in a different setting, but they hit the same exact beats throughout the entire movie. This is that for, you know, Home Alone yeah, like 2 is, is the hangover too, right? Kevin screws up, ends up in the attic. The, the alarm clock happens again. Everyone's rushing. Kevin actually makes it to the airport this time, but then that's where the confusion happens. So he's calling out for his parents when he gets off the air, you know, gets off the plane. He meets a weird person. The wet bandits are there. Like every single beat is there. Of course, you have the big finale with the house and, you know, tricking the wet slash sticky bandits. It hits every single point. But you know what? It's a fun movie, but it is a very, very safe sequel that took no chances. But it's okay, in my opinion, that's okay because it's framed as a like a children's Christmas movie. Like, I think, one, you hit the nail on the head when you said that it is the ultimate popcorn Christmas movie because it's just a fun movie. That it, There are so many aspects of this movie. If you took it and just put, like, a different movie filter on it, it is some of, like, the most grotesque and awful movie viewing, like, possible. There's so many things in that movie, and I'm... I'll happily get to all of them later, but just the fact that it's framed at this as this Christmas movie, it it lets it get away with being safe, being not really that much different than the first one, but just taken up a level, and it's a great movie for it. I think the biggest difference between the two is that the first one, look, unless you have a, a huge house, you look at the movie and it's entertaining, but you can't relate to it because it's like... A millionaire's home, right? Whereas with this one, anybody can walk around New York and be like, oh, that's Central Park. Th that's the, the hotel. We can walk around by it. So I think it can more easily connect with people because you're just walking around, you know, certain streets, which brings up another thing. Let's be real. This movie is an ad. 
the entire movie is an ad for take your ass to New York. Like even me as a kid, I never went to New York to like just after 9-11, like two, three years after. But every time, if you if you were to ask me, why do you want to go to New York? It was pretty much because of this movie. I wanted to go to the Plaza Hotel. I wanted to check out Central Park. And like, you know, there's always like, oh, there's the bridge from the movie. There's the, this place from the movie, which not that there's anything wrong with that, but it is different. You know, you don't look at the first Home Alone movie, although some people have. It's like, hey, I want to go to that house. Cool. But then what after, right? There's not much more. So I feel like they wanted to have a memorable atmosphere and location as opposed to just like, right, the the key themes and, hey, how is he going to get everything solved here? So Keith, uh, you have a couple of speculations, you know, you, you, you're, you're, you're you. Yes. So be, be more you. Like what, what's happening with this movie that that could definitely be twisted for something So let's, else? let's, let's pick up where I left it off in Home Alone 1. If you put, if you framed this movie in a different light, like put a dark and gritty filter on it, Kevin McAllister is a killer. He is a man that basically, I am of the belief that Kevin McAllister grew up to be Jigsaw from Saw. And this movie does that theory, no, like, it does it so much justice. Some of the things that he does to those poor bandits in this movie are insane. He should go to jail. He killed them at least nine times over in this movie. <laughs> Can we talk about the fact that one of the damn sticky bandits turned into a freaking skeleton? He died. He <laughs> right? physically died. He literally for a while. electrocuted the flesh off of his body. It was an Which, interesting okay. effect because I knew they were going for that classic electrocution show, the X ray, basically. But they so just showed us. But he was just a straight up skeleton. They didn't really have any yeah. like particle effects or anything no. around him. So what we're saying is Kevin McAllister should be a Mortal Kombat character. Jesus, yes, absolutely. He should be like on the Shao Kahn level of fatalities. God, that that entire section of the movie is one giant fatality to these poor sticky bandits. <laughs> yeah, so take well, it back. I will say this. Brick at them, I will say for this. For God's sakes. They they certainly up the ante up the ante with that ending section because it's definitely longer and it is definitely more brutal. With yeah, what which he is does to them. Every time surprising. he threw, every time he hit Marv with a brick, it was like, oh my god, <laughs> that he's was gonna just have, painful. He's going to have CTE easily from this. And like, no wonder he comes off dead. as like his brains are fried near the end of that movie, probably because he's or like trying to get over a severe concussion from having a brick thrown but at him. I, I, having you know what two bricks say, thrown at him. I will having say this: three bricks Kevin thrown McAllister, at him. Kevin McAllister is not Jigsaw. But he might be the Punisher because I think he is like a vigilante who is trying to do good. He was trying to get the children's hospital money back. So he was actually trying to do good deeds. I think he is actually a very thoughtful person, but also very, very violent. Yes. So I would say he is more akin to a you vigilante. You know how he could have did that? He could have called the police and been like, hey, two guys are going to steal this chest of money. But that's and what boom, Home he, Alone 2 is, is a, over. He is a violent, vindictive vigilante, but he has a heart of gold, damn it. All right? No. He's exactly. a cold killer. He wants to hurt these men and befriend homeless people. I feel like we need to have a debate. What's wrong? We need to have a debate on on the situation. Plus, here's the thing: it's like if you notice, 
the movie has such a stark contrast because there's that that third and final chapter, right? Which is like super violent. But before that, it's like, hey, Kevin's in New York. You got some of that ice cream. You have an amazing hotel room. You you were able to reserve a, a hotel room two minutes before you walked in with a crappy recorder. So talk to me about that huge contrast first, which is like, hey, you're a kid in New York and you're surviving. Do you think that if you if you put yourself in his shoes, like you would have a similar situation, which is like, hell yeah, I have my parents' credit no, cards, I got some cash. because I'm not a criminal. I, I'm not going to be like, hi, dad, I just spent $800 on your credit card and committed severe fraud. Probably a couple of thousand, though, because that hotel room... Yeah, that, I imagine that can't be cheap. But, but that's why they position... You know, most kids in this situation would probably stay at the airport, try to contact their parents situation the psychopath but the way that they handled the movie you know he's mad at his parents he has a motivation he wanted his own vacation that's what he wanted so of course he's gonna live that out and then realize after a while even though he didn't learn it last year that being alone is not all it's cracked up to be so he kind of has to learn that same lesson over again. I do find it interesting, though, because there's a the section of this movie that's so often remembered is the house area or the construction site. But it's really not all that much of the movie because the crux of this movie is the Plaza Hotel storyline of just getting away with the credit card fraud and staying at this fun hotel and then kind of getting around it. But it's just so overshadowed that you almost like lose it uh, compared to the rest of the movie. Yeah, I agree because most people talk about the Sticky Bandits or Kevin. For me, my favorite character is the one that Tim Curry portrays. He makes this movie. He's like the the character in the background that he doesn't have a lot of moments. The focus is not on him, but every time that man is on screen, he steals the show from the moments that that he finds out the credit card with was the stolen. Grinch smile and everything. Yeah, with the great <laughs> smile. To when when uh, he he goes to the hotel room, which is like super creepy, because it's like think about this. Okay, treading lightly here, the logical scenario they portrayed is okay. Kevin McAllister goes into the host this uh, hotel room because he re- recorded, was able to arrange things using the credit card. Tim Curry's character is immediately wary of that, so logically. He breaks into the hotel room. That if there's not an adult figure in there, all you have is a little kid. You hear a shower, so logically, your thought process is, let's go to the bathroom and open that door up. Am I the only person that's like, what the hell is is happening here? Yeah, it's very questionable. Also, Kevin has lungs of steel because he blew that clown thing up in about 10 seconds seconds and and like (laughs) wired it some strings together. That was unbelievable ingenuity on his part. Yeah. Also, can, can we talk I also about can't the sound figure, system? Well, I was going to say, I also can't figure out why Tim Curry cares so much, even at the beginning. He's like, a little kid in this hotel? I better look into this one. Oof. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, all right, I'm not implying <laughs> anything like that. I'm yeah, just saying. Yeah, please tell me where you're going with that. <laughs> I'm just saying... Because there was, there happened to be a kid in the hotel. All of, like that's unusual. That families wouldn't have children with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Okay. Is this yeah. just a kid-free sure. zone? <laughs> and do, do families not come to this hotel? Am I crazy here? What's going on? <laughs> I just love this setup, and it's like this uncomfortable air of like, 
Oof. What a, what a it conversation. It just seems he had no reason to really investigate this. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's like, look, let's be real. This Maybe is after New the York. fact. Maybe after the whole credit card thing, but he was already suspicious, like, immediately. Yeah, yeah. I would have changed it if, like, you know, once he started getting all this ice cream and all that stuff, it's like, okay, this is a little weird, because it's like, why is this hotel room asking for so much stuff? But the fact that he was immediately concerned about that really didn't make a lot of sense, because it's like, hey, it's it's New York. A lot more uh, must have happened, but... That does make it really entertaining. And what I wanted to mention earlier is I don't know which sound system that television has and that little portable recorder, but the fact that, once again, you can hear the gunshots and people think they're legitimate gunshots. I mean, the music in the bathroom, you can hear it. And I'm like, did, did that bass system, dude? That's pretty freaking crazy, right? It's impressive. It's a good-ass recorder, but I mean, at least the, the movie was coming from a TV. Exactly. You just turn the volume up. Just a little bit, just a little bit. But talk to me about that whole process of like, would you enjoy that if you were the kid, you have this super fancy hotel room, you're getting ice cream. I don't even know, like, does that kind of room service exist? Which is like, once again, them actually the serving fact- you ice cream. I don't know if it does. I'm not, I've never been fancy enough to ever go to yeah. one. It probably exists. I'll never make enough money to have it happen with me myself. And I still feel uncomfortable because it's like there's a kid alone in a room and there's a man and a grown man feeding on ice cream. <laughs> I don't know. Did, were, were we able to see where both his hands were in that scene? Hey, Jesus. Anyway, listen, <laughs> we're talking man. about this the is rest a family of the movie. movie. Family movie, people. This is a podcast which you can leave a five star review if you love some of the comments, like lovely, lovely Keith Hamilton. But, um,. Talk to me about the your favorite your favorite moment of the movie, whether it be from this part, whether it be from the painful scenes. What did you really love about it? So, okay, my favorite part of the movie, like non jokingly, is the the ramp up to that whole uh, to the whole construction scene. How I. I all jokes aside, I do enjoy the whole idea of Kevin McAllister in his head being like, oh, time to go back to work. I guess I'm on duty again this Christmas and having all this ingenuity and then pulling off all these ideas and then becoming a stone cold killer in the process. The thing that I love the most in the movie or in the movie that I think is maybe one of the stupidest things in cinema ever in a good way is the pigeon lady. The Pigeon Lady is one of the worst characters in movie history. Not even like kids movie history, not even Home Alone history, in history ever. This diseased, pestilent-ridden bird lady is just an, the maybe the worst human being, the most disgusting human being, creature. It's even hard to call her a human being. What the most the disgusting hell? creature Jesus. I've ever met in my life. Keith it is the met worst. Her? You met her? Yeah, well, f- what the movie portrayed. She's awful. She's disgusting. She probably gave Kevin some form of black lung after coming in contact with her for the worst reason ever. The bird lady is so dumb. So dumb. Keith, uh, uh, are you afraid Tell of Central Park? Tell us how you Park? really feel. Yeah. <laughs> you know no, they I'm, not, I'm not afraid of Central Hitler. Park. I'm okay. afraid of this disease-ridden bird lady. You gave, us, you gave us the lady. opening spiel. Now, where is? can you give us some evidence behind your claim here? Please. 
<laughs> oh, okay. She lives with pigeons. Pigeons okay. are covered in disease, and she just hangs out with them. And the reasoning why the reasoning why she became this disgusting bird lady is one of the weakest things I've maybe ever heard in a movie. Where it's like, oh, somebody broke my heart, so I went to go live with the pigeons. I sold my house, gave up my retirement fund, and oh, just decided to live on the streets because Larry left me. It was so stupid. And just the fact that she's just hanging out in Central Park covered in bird shit and just coming, <laughs> coming in contact with this kid. Like, okay. A few scenes earlier, they established the fact that, oh, Kevin's like, oh, don't come too close. You're covered in bird poop. And then they hug. It's wrong. It's not right. It's not right at all. This it was is organic, a disgusting Keith. lady. Literally no, organic. It, it, I'll yes, say oh, this. Pit, she, organic it, pigeon. She is definitely much weaker than Shovel Man, right? Like, you have Buzz, like, building up the spookiness Shovel of the Man. Shovel Man. Shovel Man existed in a world where he didn't belong in, like, a psychiatric ward, where Bird Lady would just, that's where they should have sent her. Well, the thing is, like, she's not even convincingly scary at the beginning. Like, you don't see, there's nothing intimidating about her, so I don't even understand why Kevin is so afraid of her, and then he randomly decides not to be afraid anymore. I agree she's much flimsier and this is where the the whole like following every beat of the story of the first one is definitely you know this is where it hurts it a little bit because they were like well we gotta again have a character who Kevin is at first afraid of and then they come to understand each other and become friends they they did the exact same thing but it's just a way weaker version of it. Yeah, and like you mentioned, I think the fact is that she starts in a very non-threatening <clears throat> manner. Like, if you look at her face and everything, you know, the old man, he gave Kevin this look that's like, holy crap. So, they're establishing that. But right off the bat, when you see her, you're like, oh, so you're the character that at the end of the movie, you're going to do something to save Kevin or help him out. And that's literally what happened, right? So, it's like, it's not that that's a detriment to the movie, but... It felt unnecessary in a movie where you have Tim Curry, you have Rob Schneider. Before I even you have knew Rob, who Schneider, Rob Schneider, man, you how, use him, all right? How <laughs> yeah. weird is you got young a, Rob Schneider? You got an S tier actor on here. Oh, quick, quick sidebar in my head canon for this movie. After the events of Home Alone uh, 2, Rob Schneider gets fired from that job and becomes Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo. Now Whoa. carry on. That that actually makes a lot of sense. So good continuity. We we got to fit Adam Sandler in there somewhere. But I just felt like they wanted to introduce too many characters. And think about the scope of the movie. So you have New York. So you're already like scaling this movie up times a hundred. But then you have a great cast of uh, actors. Plus you have like the 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 subcast, which is like not just Rob Schneider's character, but like Cliff and everybody else. It has like a little bit of personality. And I love that about the movie. But I would have completely taken her out and maybe have one of them, you know, turn around and be like, no, we got to help the kid. And then you have that internal battle. I know I'm overthinking about it, but it's like, yeah, when, when I watch the movie, I can't help but ask myself, and I don't know the answer, but it's like, if you removed New York, if you removed the magic from the location and just replaced that with a less iconic place, would I still like this movie? 
And I think that's where you talk about your your Christmas films, right? I think that when you talk about holiday movies, they're, they're usually done in a very traditional location that's very attractive for tourists, people that are going to be traveling during the holiday season. And the first movie didn't have that. So maybe they're like, oh, now we just got to do literally the same movie, but in a place that people will physically go to. But if you change that to like, Indiana or even Florida, hypothetically, like a uh, just like a not New York, not super iconic place. Do you think people would even talk about this movie at all? And it would have maybe been just like, hey, remember the only Home Alone movie that matters? I think New York is a substantial part of it. And even just from the uh, the point of if you look at if you think about the United States map and just sticking on a coast like you can't get really much farther away from uh, Florida than New York. So it really sets up the point of like Kevin is about as far away from his family as he can be at that point. And the movie does lean on New York a lot when it comes to uh, the the plot building where I, I think it's a very different movie if you didn't have Kevin doing things like exploring the World Trade Centers and going to the tree at Rockefeller Plaza because he loves Christmas. And they didn't even include Times Square in there, did they? That's actually no, kind of interesting. They did? They oh, okay. did. The mother I zoned, was... I zoned out at that. Right, right, right. The mother, yeah, was, the mother in was in Times Square. Square. Right, right, right. But so, to your point, one, I think it's a very different thing if they just go to, like, Louisville, Kentucky, and they have... Well, it's the just same a... damn movie. It's the same movie, except it's in New York, so, of course, but the it's, setting it's matters. it's the same... It, it's... It's the fact that they ramp it up with the setting. Like, if they just had it at another house in Chicago, I think you wouldn't look at this movie in such a positive light. Or if it was like Home Alone 2, Lost in Columbus, Ohio. You know, know how you have a traveling circus, you have a traveling McAllister? See Kevin McAllister be lost in Indiana and then Mm -hmm. in California. Coming to Denver, Colorado this fall. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like I said, it's the same movie, but it's in New York. They up the ante for the end game, basically. But everywhere else, I mean, and the hotel stuff is fun. But they hit a lot of the same beats because basically the hotel people, I guess, replace like the the pizza delivery guy or whatever the hell for for that scene. Uh, but I, I think they do that in a in a funnier way. Like I do enjoy the whole angels with filthier souls scene and everything. And of course, we even get the, that's a that's a great example of how they just ramp it up there because instead yeah, of angels now you get with Merry filthy Christmas, souls, you filthy animal and a happy New Year. So then you can put it on a sweater and a Christmas card and everything. They they made it more marketable with the Merry Christmas versus the keep the change. And so that's I do appreciate still sold that. today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a classic. It is a classic. It is the same movie, but in New York, but it is still the formula works after after this, you know, the formula doesn't work as well. But, you know, you, you get you get a mulligan where you, you can make one more and it, it still works. How many Home Alone movies are there? I need to look this up. I, I think, think there's at least about four. Se- no, I think it's like seven, actually. Jesus. Holy yeah, crap. If, if I remember, I've watched oh up until God. four. I mean, we're, we get we're a lot of Christmases of content. Yeah. Home people, Alone yeah, every no year. There are uh-huh. five mainline. <laughs> wow, what a sentence that is. There's five mainline Home Alone movies. <laughs> what is with this? A... The timeline split at some point or something? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you know, you have the offshoots, the uh, the, the, the straight, to, uh, straight to TV series. And... Which is the prequel. <laughs> the prequel is um, Home with the Family. 
<laughs> oh my god! He actually gets along with the family before all or of this starts happening. Yeah, it's home. just a normal Christmas. <laughs> it's just a normal Christmas. Everybody wakes up. They go to Uncle Larry's for dinner, and then uh, they go to bed. Instead or of Baby Yoda, yeah. you have Baby Baby Kevin. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. So let's talk about the Web Bandits. I feel like we've covered a lot of aspects about the movie. Now. Exactly. They went from wet to sticky, which is a weird thing to say now. <laughs> Ryan, talk to me about these people that were wet, are now sticky, and now they're trying to capture a kid. The wet bandits, the sticky bandits, they are... I don't think they're as good in this one. I really don't. Uh, They... I feel like the hotel staff is just more memorable in this. Of course, you have the sticky bandits as part of the whole grand finale. I just don't feel like they were as... You know, their dialogue, their writing or whatever, I don't think they were were as memorable and funny as they were in the first one. And they definitely get less screen time in this one because we've kind of added some more characters to the mix. Uh, I did notice, I feel like, and, and and I think it was fine that they did this, but certainly you see less of, you know, the other McAllisters than I feel like you even did in The Home Alone, especially the mother, I feel like gets less screen time than the previous movie. But it's just because they added so many other people. Um, And that I do feel like we didn't quite get enough of the sticky bandits for them to be as memorable in this movie. They just kind of are thrown into the mix again to to get wrecked by Kevin, basically. Pretty much. They exist in this movie as somebody for Kevin to torture, because if he tortured the poor hotel staff, it would have a very, very different tone to the movie. Like, imagine if he was throwing bricks at poor Rob Schneider. Just <laughs> that would be, be, a, be a much different movie. I feel like there's a lot of people that want to do that, but yeah, it <laughs> yeah. would be a little brutal. <laughs> you make a really good point, though, Ryan, which is they split. So that is a difference, right? They still have, like, the slot of, like, we need the adventure, the exploration of, like, these evil characters in this case though the hotel staff even though they're not technically the bad guys but they took the place of the first half of the first movie which is like the web bandits walking around the house right like with the car the van trying to figure out the pattern you know when the family's not home here you have the hotel staff trying to figure out does he actually have a father is he by himself right so i do think it's interesting and it's true though like every other aspect of the movie is the same but even their dialogue like it's almost like you could you could crop you could crop and paste the the wet bandits to the sticky bandits in the second home alone movie and almost nothing would change because it's true the convenience that it's like out of all the freaking places in new york they happen to have this one location which that's why you know you bring in the the toy store right the duncan toy store which breaking news is not actually real i thought it was real and i think many people thought it was real for many it's years, but a re- yeah. it's a real place. It's not called Duncan's, but there's a toy store that they just changed the name of. My girlfriend was telling me all about it when we were watching the movie. I'm going to get that information. Well, meanwhile, Ryan, I was going to say about that, about the toy store, about the the convenience of like, hey, how do you get these characters yeah, from Chicago I mean, getting movies, them together in New York? Movies gonna movie. <laughs> That's what I chalk it up to because it's super improbable, right? They break out of jail and they decide to go to New York, and that's where Kevin happens to accidentally go. Movies gonna movie. It's called FAO Schwartz Toy Store. Oh, see, I thought because I had been to the old FAO Schwartz before, I think they eventually moved it. 
And I don't, it must have been a different location or something, at least the one I went to, because I didn't remember it looking anything at all like that toy store in the movie. So, I'd be curious to know what that one is, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't exist anymore because I think they ended up relocating. Yeah, they closed. They closed, but then they reopened a new one, and it's just in a different location. Yes. It's right out, it's right actually next to Rockefeller Center, right where like the ice rink is and everything, actually the new one. It is there, but it is not the same one. I, I keep forgetting like that that's a location that you know, people maybe when they go to New York because of this movie, they want to go once again Central Park, the 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 hotel. I feel like the toy store will be the ideal scenario. So it's it's a shame that, you know, you can't go to that exact same store. Yeah, go to Nintendo World instead. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like I I like Nintendo World. I, I just went there like two months ago and it's like it's got a lot of Nintendo stuff that honestly you can maybe get online or they, they need a little bit more like non super mainstream stuff. Has nothing to do with well, this episode. It but. is good for Pokemon plushes. I'll put it that way. They they have a lot of ones that you wouldn't see. I mean, I guess you can always get everything online, but way more than you would see in a normal store. That is very true. That is very true. So let's talk about that that middle portion of between the super joyful ride and the 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 house scene. Right, we do have the middle ground of like, aha, the credit card was stolen, and now you get the Grinch. Uh, 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 Tim Curry and that's where they're trying to figure out what happens and that's what leads to uh, an, uh, Angels with Filthier Souls right, and all that good stuff. What did you think about that that turn period which is when the parents also find out where he is because of the credit card? It was great. It Like uh, Ryan said earlier, it's just them being the evolution of the pizza guy from Home Alone 1 and they really took it and again up to the ante on it and found a way to incorporate this new uh this new increased element of the movie where they instead of just fooling one person they had like five people fooled to the point where one of them thought tim curry was having an affair with one of the security guards it was a very fun like over the top way <laughs> of incorporating alone. that um, hashtag cliffgate but just just a way to incorporate that in the movie and turn it up a notch i think they did a really good job of that and then having all of the uh all the hotel guests just kind of look at like who, what are these idiots doing in the hallway as they're trying to get away? I, I loved it. And there was like a Donald Trump at some point there, which is like... You mean Donald wow. Trump was in the movie? Yeah. yeah that, <laughs> not that like guy. a... Yeah, yeah, not like Donald Trump. Like, that is the man that is now <laughs> your president that was in Home Alone <laughs> too. Like, can you, can you just... Down the hall how, and to the how left. How ridiculous. How ridiculous that is. And we're not talking about like the politics part, but it's like... Oh, you look, mean... WWE Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, cast yeah. member of Home Alone Two, President of the United States. Yeah, it's a little ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, insane. Well, that was something where, as he was running, people were oh talking about his cameo already, and I actually remember because I totally forgot about that. I looked it up on YouTube like about a year and a half ago watching that that scene so it was something i was like oh here here we go here's that scene and obviously it's like it's just a minor thing and at the time it was just uh oh aha that's donald trump now it's say it just is a totally different world (laughs) (laughs) just a just a little yeah but i I wanted to say looking at your notes swan i just appreciate that one of your notes just says dat ass grab (laughs) so So 
that that's uh, obviously there is this period where, aha, the sticky bandits finally got Kevin. They're good to go. And then he's trying to figure out a way to uh, escape. <laughs> no, not, no, 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 no. Again, one of those things where if you put a different light on the film, it becomes a much worse oh, thing. They have a, they're holding sexually a, repressed memories or something. No, no, no. I'm going to talk up. about the fact of how two grown adults <laughs> held a kid at gunpoint and was walking through Central Park with them. Like, my God, <laughs> that's so messed did, up. Did he have the gun out? He he said he had the gun, but I don't think he took the gun out. I until thought there was a point at or at some point in the movie. Maybe it was he the took end it out, of it. But after it was like Kevin covered slipped. in molasses at that point, or whatever the hell it yeah. was. Yeah, and even later on, when we eventually get to the house scene, he straight up says, "Nothing would make me happier than to shoot you." You know what line? Jesus that Christ! Would never would never make it into a holiday yeah, I mean, film. I mean, they're in literally talking about I'm going to kill that kid. Yeah, but because I mean, usually. I in the context of the movie, I don't feel like it's even that bad. No, I know, but I feel like nowadays they would figure out every way but to say, shoot, like, nothing yeah. would make me proud to make you disappear, to make yeah, you vanish from the world. Kid. I'm going to get gonna rid of you, kid. No, straight up, shoot you. I was like, whoa. Yeah, and they yeah. say, like, I hope you like cement shoes, kid, and stuff. Like, yeah. they were, that's violent. That or we are just, we're too pussified at this point. Come on. Like, it's a, it's a family movie. We know there's not going to be actually that violent. I feel like we could use that language and know within the context and the tone of the movie that, yes, it's stuff you probably wouldn't hear today, but I, I feel like it's not even, like I said, tone, context, that's, that's what matters. You know, no, and, and I totally get you because look, the fact of the matter is that the entire premise of the movie is like if if you went down the Keith route, it's a story of child neglect, child kidnapping, sexual harassment between the, the woman and all that. Yeah, so violence. Like, if you took it literally, but then it's like, look, it's a holiday the homelessness movie about problem this kid. ramping or that's running rapid around North America and not giving people that have mental issues the support they need and just leaving them on the street. So this would There's be excellent for recovery month of September, but like the the realistic thing is like, look, it's like you gotta, you know, your the the logical thinking process you usually have in real life situations. You take that, you throw it out the window, and you watch this movie. Like that's the premise, that's the context of a movie like this. It's like you can have the fun part. Even when I was watching it with my wife, I'm like, you put a little bit of horror music in the scene, everything changes. So it's like fun to speculate, but you know it's not actually about like all mm-hmm. the stuff that happens. Because in like one adult grade, like what one rating grade up when Kevin throws that brick and I know I keep going back to this scene, but it's a it's a terrible scene. It's so wrong. It's in, my favorite scene. In one like age rating up Marv's head would have exploded <laughs> when that brick hit him. He just would have been watermeloned on the street. I'm serious. You go back to the Mortal Kombat thing, you have an entire Kevin McAllister moveset here. With Seriously. Like the, the electrocution. Lighting him on fire. Throwing. Yeah. Did they? I can't believe they did that again. You know, I was, I was like, you know, I appreciate that Joe Pesci has his beanie and he doesn't have the stupid like bird spot on it. And then I was like, oh, they light him on fire again. Yep. That, hey, it's the sequel, man. That was where, see, I, I get like that they're hitting like the story beats a lot of the time. But when they do the exact same stunt too, and he even did the paint cans and everything. The paint Although cans, I like, even the tools. I like the, tools the paint going cans down the stairs. Though, 
I did like the paint cans, though, because they smartened up and they were trying to dodge them. So that was where they were like, hey, remember that thing from last time? Well, oh, they they finally learned their lesson one time. And then, of course, they get hit with that big ass pipe or whatever. Yeah, even when talking about one to one in the first movie, you have the tarantula, and that's where, where one of the web bandits like he does like, like you know all the noises and panics. And here you have the brick part. It's like literally the same thing. Like in my case, both parts favorite parts of the movie. So it's like this movie is catered to me, right? It's like ultimately you want like a greatest hits movie, and I feel like there's these holiday movies that are greatest hits. Recently, I watched uh, Last Christmas, which don't. I'm just gonna say it's you're perfectly okay not watching it. That's uh, the Amelia Clark one, right? Yes, she's great oh, okay. in the movie. She's like really oh, fun with the movie. She's I, I very was charming. actually about. I was trying to see that this weekend. It's like, uh, <laughs> well, no, I'm so I'm so, so my, happy. I my girlfriend really too. wants to see this movie, and you know I do like Amelia Clark, and uh, so I was like, okay, I'll, you know I'll, I'll see it. But what I wanted to do first was write down i I was going to try and predict the entire movie and see how close i got so i haven't i have a girl that goes back from the big city back to a town finds true love there's some sort of problem and i wanted to get a little bit somewhat specific and and see how close i got so we'll see we'll see if i can do that okay let's let's (laughs) keep talking about some good stuff here back to the bricks yeah so um I think with the first movie, just the overall thing, because it is the first one, that's what's memorable about it, right? It's like this whole survival of the fittest with uh, Kevin McAllister. Survival of the fittest. (laughs) I mean, hey, that's how it is, man. You got to survive. One man enters the house. One man alone in Death traps, alone in a house. Can the wet bandits survive? Find out on the next episode of Dragon Ball. Home alone. What is the mem- what is the what is the thing from this movie? If you could point out like here's the scene, here's the thing you got to go back to, what's that one thing for you? Serious answer is probably the house scene and just the ridiculousness of it and it's fun. It's very fun through the home alone lens seeing all of these insane things that are happening to the wet bandits. It is it, there's a reason why it stands like head and or head and shoulders above everything else in that movie even though arguably i don't think it's the best part of that movie i think that the uh the plaza stuff is way better but the just the memorability of the the construction zone house scene is just so good and it's it's the thing that it's the reason why this movie stands the test of time and then, jokingly, the insane bird lady, because she's the worst. For me, I think the Garbage. most memorable stuff is, like, the hotel stuff, like the the angels with filthy souls scene or whatever. But, I mean, the at the end of the day, the, move, the main event is really when Kevin McAllister is setting up all these traps and messing with the wet slash sticky bandits. Really, it comes down to this movie being, hey, if you like the first one and you want more, here you go. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it has to be Tim Curry. I think that he is the reason people go back to this movie and they don't even realize it because he's a background character. Even though he's got lines and everything, it's like, 
He is the he is the glue to every scene. He's the one that suspects that Kevin is maybe out to some shady stuff or it's just not going according to plan. He's the one that points out that the credit card is stolen and finds that out. He's the one that's trying to make do and apologize to Kevin's father when apparently he was taking a shower, right? It's like he's the transitional thing in the entire process to the point that when the parents finally find out he's in New York and everybody flies to New York, which to me is unnecessary because it's like, why do you got to fly everybody out? Whatever. But beside that, it's like he is the one that's like, oh, crap. I, I sort of couldn't capture him. So now he's actually in a threat- threatening situation where he's in New York. You know, he's on nighttime. So without question, he is my, my favorite character. Uh, well, whoa. and I, I just want to say we should give a little bit more credit to Macaulay Culkin because I feel like we haven't really talked about him enough with him being the star of the movie. But... The thing is, you know, you watch a lot of movies with child actors and it's like, oh, it, it's rough. But the fact that you watch Macaulay Culkin through both movies and it's it's almost like you don't notice it. You know, you're just going, you know, it's not most child acting, it. I feel like, is noticeably bad. But when you watch these movies, it's just like, oh, you know. You're not even. He is thinking, really good. You're not thinking about a child actor. He's very l- charming and likable, and he's a he was great child actor. So the fact that you're not like oh through all these kid lines and that you're actually laughing at some of the things he says, just it's a testament to how good he is and why these movies are what they are is because they were able to you know Macaulay Culkin was able to be a great child actor that doesn't make you want to cringe and rip your hair out like you're watching episode one or something. Oh my goodness. Don't, don't talk about that. But <laughs> all I'm going to say is that, yeah, he's the perfect uh, child character, uh, child actor in that he doesn't, he's not obnoxious. I feel like you can easily have the same character portrayed by somebody else. And if you make it obnoxious, it kills the movie because then the over the top stuff is like, you're trying way too hard. I like the fact that he's he's just a kid that's he's a little cocky, right? But because he's a damn kid, like that that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, they do not overplay him at all. Like you yeah, they could like you said, they could have easily made him annoying, but he really isn't at all. Or like, even the fact that this is a sequel. It's like, well, it's the sequel, so let's scale him up. No. They literally kept the same Kevin from the first movie in this one, which it's like treading lightly, as you mentioned, Ryan. If this movie came out nowadays, because we've had so many uh, just cash grab sequels, this would be massacre. But I think that, if anything, to the detriment of this movie, I think it uh, insinuated other studios to go like, hey, Home Alone, they put out two of the same movie, basically, made up millions of dollars, people still watch it. So it's like, just put out them sequels. And I think that's like the the legacy. You know, we, we always talk about what's the real thing that they left and what they left is you can put out the same movie change the scenery and as long as everything is good enough and is memorable and is identifiable i think people are going to enjoy it's good that. people won't notice if it's, it's bad true. they will so the the challenging concluding question for both of you my friends is say somebody i don't know who but there's somebody out there has never watched any of these two movies if they could only watch one considering the the scenarios and situations are somewhat similar which one would you recommend and why i think i would still pick home alone one over two if you only had to watch the one of or one of them because home alone two is 
an escalation piece of one. Like we've said, I don't think you get the same effect if you've only seen two, because it's just kind of, I think you're left more with the thought of like, well, why is Kevin hurting these people? And if you don't have that pre-established, like, oh, they have history together. So I think if you're going to recommend one standalone, I do think Home Alone 1 beats out two, even though two might be the better movie. Well, one, well, I think one is the better movie anyway. And, and if you want to appreciate so more of what happens in two, you would have to see one anyway. So for a more complete viewing experience, you would definitely watch the first one. Yeah, I think if you really want to be able to watch a Hobolo movie, right? The the name implies it. So you check out the first one. But if you want an experience that it's like, hey, what happens when technology's not there and you're left in like an entire place the first movie was like well the phone lines are cut off because they're doing some repairs right but here it's like it's a huge freaking city so the fact that they they do have those marked differences i think it's awesome so everybody watching and listening please let us know uh, which is your favorite home alone movie and if it's not one of these two i would love to know like please <laughs> yeah, send us a tweet real. and explain that go to our discord acastofthepast.com slash discord and uh, if you haven't once again go back check out the review of the first one and as we began to close out the year we did something very similar last year which is the the best of 2018 was last year so now we're going to be doing the best of 2019 in my case i think i'm going to cheat a little bit and focus on the best in 2019 i feel like personally i enjoyed a lot of stuff this year but it wasn't maybe from 2019 except like resident evil 2 the the remake because that was freaking amazing so are you are you both excited for uh for concluding this and focusing on not just games or movies. It's like whatever we loved about this year, we're going to dedicate a Keith specific episode. So that one may get flagged by everybody. And then Ryan and Keith, we're going to have a wrong. <laughs> That'll get take YouTube. will just take that one down immediately. I mean, Kappa, Kappa. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. They're just going to shut down the channel, demonetize us just because of what I choose for my best three things of the year. Uh, it's Are you guys all... ready for that? <laughs> It's just all from Pornhub. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, no. yeah I'm not, uh, you know what? I'm not even touching that one. Nope. I'm not going to go any further. But before we close out, I would like to say one thing that I find interesting after looking up all of the different Home Alone movies. Apparently, there's an untitled Disney Plus Home Alone film that's coming out at some oh. point. So we're going to get to see if this theory... if. If the Home Alone thing works with the social media of today, I'd love to see how they're going to paint themselves out of that corner. Can you imagine if they did a, a Home Alone, not movie, Home Alone series? How would that work? That would be something, right? It's like day one. Yes. My parents are still gone. <laughs> exactly. It, it, it would be like, a, it, you know, it would almost be like a, uh, imagine like an American horror story where every season's a different kid that's been neglected and left at home and he has to survive. Yeah, I feel like that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's ne- never say never. Disney, if it makes money, they will make it. And we could possibly talk about that uh, on the podcast, which, like, for context, I watched this on Disney+, Plus. which, if you haven't, we do have an episode talking about Disney+, Plus. and feel free to recommend. It's like, there's there's a couple of series and movies out there that we can now uh, check out. I start out every day service. with an episode of The X-Men. 
Because of Disney Plus. It's a good way to live. Keith, Keith, yes or yes. no and don't lie to me, okay? Do you skip the opening intro? Absolutely not. This okay. is the best part. Okay. I sing along to it every time. It's great. That I'm pretty sure it's illegal to skip that. Ryan, any 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 uh thing that you've been enjoying with Disney Plus in addition to Home Alone and the stuff we've well, talked I about? Well, I started watching The Mandalorian, so it's been good so far. I like it. It's a Star Wars thing. It's a recent Star Wars thing that I like, so I'll, I'll call it a win. Good stuff. And the Jeff stuff. Goldblum show is a huge disappointment. Don't yeah, that was, you told that's a me, You told me, man, that sucks. Yeah. I was looking yeah. forward to that. But well, why does it suck? I feel like it's as a just, follow-up. All we you need is Jeff Goldblum and they try and make it more of like a traditional documentary, so don't bother. That sucks. Aww. That sucks, but let us know what would you love what would you would love for us to review at some point down the line. We're getting ready for next year, people. So we do have some some games that we're contemplating are reviewing. Some of them are gonna be lengthier, some of them are gonna be shorter. Keep in mind next year the, the PlayStation 5 Xbox Scarlet's gonna be coming out. So it's gonna be an interesting time to catch up as maybe we don't see a ton of huge releases, but The Last of Us Two is gonna be coming out, I believe, in May. So maybe, who knows, right? Maybe you talk maybe. about the first one. And you know, there's this little game called uh, Final Fantasy VII. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Ryan, mm. okay, you know what? We're going to put Ryan on the spot because this episode is apparently not ending. No pressure, Ryan. I know. First of all, it's Final Fantasy VII. It's for me to edit, you ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you played Final Fantasy VII? I've played, yeah, I've played probably like the first 40 minutes of it or something. So, oh, like so you got like two battles in. <laughs> yeah. I got out of like the intro. <laughs> and, and be real about this. It's like, would you think it's something you would contemplate reviewing? Even if we didn't like, I beat the game twice, right? So it's like, I don't mm-hmm. need to replay all of it, but yes, would you, do. you ca- consider, <laughs> would you consider? Would I uh, consider it? Uh, ugh. It's just, it's tough, man. It, but it I, I would gives try. me anxiety, I, I but do I think pl- it's a good idea. <laughs> I do want to play it just so, to see what all the what all the fuss is about, and I've never Ooh. beaten a Final Fantasy game, so you know really? what we could do. Okay, here's a here. Okay, here's a proposition. I'm just gonna throw out throw it out there live. The Final Fantasy remake, and live. I think you know where I'm going, Keith. Goes it completes Midgar. It does the Midgar part. So so should we maybe instead of doing a complete Final Fantasy 7 review mm. actually cover that part because we can talk about that in detail and at least like I'm going to be getting the Final Fantasy 7 remake for sure I can be able to compare my experiences between that Midgar and the remake When's Midgar it come out in uh, March. March yeah March. early uh, March I think that it's an interesting idea. I think there are some challenges, mostly from your and my uh, perspective, because there are parts of I'm just quick. I haven't touched the game in probably about ten years at this point, but quickly going through my mind, what I remember of the Midgar part, I don't know if it's possible. How's this for- happening? A Home Alone review. <laughs> Jesus, I love it. I love this so much. We'll discuss later. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's possible to think about things that happen in that story without going what what happens in the rest of the Kevin. story. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. Before Ryan kills us. We're going to leave it here and keep the conversation going on social media with a cast to the Kevin. 
So, Keith, I was thinking we review Final Fantasy 15 Get as well. Get out of here. Shut up. You're done. Yeah. Can we divide yeah, that? I, I don't know. Maybe we can all get a car like the one in Final Fantasy. Yeah, that would work. And maybe yeah. we just review all of the... <laughs> and then, then we'll go suplex a train. Yeah.